0: Well, it's another day for rotation as investors turn away from tech, not just in the US but in Europe too, as bond yields continue to rise. How far will they go? It's all the inflation talk, of course, and Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England recognised it as a risk overnight, but equally said the recovery might stall and they might have to look at negative interest rates. So an absolute each-way bet there. Meanwhile, the Aussie dollar being hurt by the fall in EM currencies as the US dollar continues to rise. It's Tuesday, the 9th of March, 2021. It's It's the morning call from Nap. Good morning. Well, US stocks are back, preparing for a post-pandemic world. The Dow is up 1.9%, but the Nasdaq down 0.3% and the S&P 500, almost 1% up. Big gains in Europe as well. The Eurostox 50 up 2.5%, the DAX is up 3.3%, the FTSE 100 up 1.3%, and small movements in bond yields, but they are still heading up. Three basis points on 10-year Treasuries up to 1.6%, a new pandemic high. But Australian government 10-year yields, well, they've been falling down. six basis points but they did reach 1.82 percent yesterday they are still of course at levels that we have not seen since april 2019 and the u.s dollar is up a third of one percent on the dxy it's up half a percent on the japanese yen the euro is down half a percent the pound sort of holding its own the aussie dollar is down about 0.2 percent and oil has switched direction it's down 1.7 percent for wti and brent and rodrigo cutrillo is here today senior fx strategist at nab in sydney People will be listening to us, by the way, Rodrigo, because we will not be talking about Harry and Meghan. You do realise that, So, apart from that brief mention. So instead, people are here, uh, they don't care about what we're talking about. They just don't want to hear about the royal family. But But we're going to tell them about this rotation out of tech stocks it's going into banks and miners, not just in the US. We're also seeing this happening in Europe overnight.
1: Yes, morning, Phil. That's certainly the case. And, and I suppose it's also interesting to note that the Europe and the US have opened uh, on a positive move. And as you say, that rotation sort of theme very much evident against the backdrop where Asia and China is is struggling and particularly the equity market in China as well. So. Certainly, the the rotation stock with materials, industrials, and financials leading the charge there, um, and, and evident as as you know the, as you know bond yields rise and the curve steepen that tends to to you know favour banks, for instance, uh, but also it tends to hurt those sort of mm. growth stocks that tend to have all those earnings that out in the future sometime will happen, and now you've got to discount them at a much higher rate. So so we've seen the likes of you know it or Nasdaq in particular hurting uh, quite a bit at the of
0: the week, yeah. Well, maybe in Europe, though, the stocks haven't been you know quite as overvalued as potentially we've seen in the Nasdaq because the Nasdaq has got below 12,800, it was high, it was almost 14,100 uh, in uh, in mid February. So that's an 8% drop since then, but if uh, and, and it's now lower than it started the year. But if we go back to be just before the pandemic, uh, when it dropped for quite a short while and then climbed back up again, it is now 32% up on that just before the pandemic level. So presumably that means there's some downside potential still in the NASDAQ, doesn't it?
1: Well, I, I suppose the, the move down in the CSI 300, which closed uh, yesterday down 3.47%, is that is it's now quite significant, over so 13% since the peak. Uh, technically, it also looks like it now has more room to, to head lower. And then, and then the, the rationale behind it is that uh, not only you know those sort of heavy tech stocks have been hurt by the, the move up in yields, um, there's there's also a little bit of question marks about sort of the subdued um recommendation if you like by by the chinese government to aim for a growth of around six percent which uh, by many standards was regarded as a, a little bit sort of modest if you like um so it doesn't kind of play to the view of boosting the the equity market um and and of course the, the move up in yields does hurt um, um um the volatility in in stocks and em markets in general tend to be a bit more sensitive to that so yeah. It's, it's a bit of a combo at the moment um, uh, that is certainly hurting. And and for us, it's actually a theme that is worth keeping an eye on because um, the Aussie dollar and even the Kiwi tend to be, well, are risk-sensitive currencies. And when you start seeing sort of the broad risk uh, and volatility in EM markets, uh, that's something that we, we need to keep a close eye on. Well, yeah, considering
0: we are saying the Aussie was going to reach 80 uh, and above and it's heading the other way at the moment. And uh, JP Morgan's EM currency index has fallen uh, over 4% in a week.
1: Yes, and if you plot it against the cSI three hundred for instance, you can see that you know the equity market in China does matter for EM currencies for that matter um, mm-hmm. and I suppose one one point to make is that in terms of our outlook for for the OCD dollar as much as we 've been calling eighty cents um, you know we 've been saying that that 's more of a story for um, 80 cents to be reached on a sustained basis towards the Q2 and the second half of the year um, and indeed you know, our outlook for, for the OC dollar and Q1 is for 77 cents so so we are, we kind of expected a period of sort of uncertainty as the vaccine rollouts uh, take the time um, and also as the equity market starts to digest and move up in yields um, but certainly it's, it's a theme to, to keep an eye on because it can sort of become a broader theme uh, and certainly uh, hurt the OC dollar a little bit more than we, we
0: might expect Right. But were you expecting this rise in yields? It seems to have taken everyone uh, a little bit uh, by surprise, doesn't it? I mean, 1.6% the rate for 10-year uh, Treasuries now. It, uh, could it get up to 2%, do you think? I mean, you know, now we've got this – we know the stimulus package is going to be $1.9 trillion. Uh, so that's $1.9 trillion in an economy that, you know, arguably is already well on the road to recovery.
1: Yes. As uh, opposed to our rate strategies have had this theme of higher, longer-dated core yields and, and steepening curves – for, for quite quite a few months now. Um, but uh, admittedly, the, the, the speed of the, of the rise in 10-year treasury yields has, has taken the market and ourselves by surprise. Um, the rate strategists think that um, given the, the magnitude and length of, of, of the, the rise in treasury yields, um, the a period of consolidation seems reasonable um uh, arguably uh, you know the the sort of the 1.9 trillion is has is been a non sort of story for quite some time so uh, treasury yields should be reflecting um that that sort of uh, increasing stimulus and in issuance in in the price um our sense is that with the next sort of kick for uh, core yields in particular will be as and when you start seeing uh, inflation numbers actually print those numbers that we all expect will come. You know, there's a lot of talk about mm. the base effects, a lot of talk about the supply chain blocks that is pushing prices up. And also now all this pent up demand that will be released as and when the economy is reopened. So it's, it's a massive combo that plays to the view that at least temporarily yeah. you will see inflation rising and, 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 well, and, that, and that, that will be the challenge it, for core sp- yields, I think.
0: Yeah, and is it is it going to be sustainable? Which is actually the point that Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England was making today. I mean, it sounds like uh, he's moved a little bit. He's shifted because all the, all the central banks have been saying, no, 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 it's it's not happening. Inflation, there's it, it, nothing to worry about here. Move along, nothing to see. Uh, and arguing that we need it to be sustainable before we do anything. And uh, Andrew Bailey was saying that, but also moving perhaps a bit into the middle because he, he did say that increasingly the risks are two-sided. Either the economy could be slow to recover uh, and negative interest rates would then be a possibility or inflation might emerge and they might have to put up interest rates. So how about that? I mean, normally you get two economists and they have different <laughs> opinions. Here you've got an economist who's got two opinions and he's only one person. That's yes. uh, that's taking it to a whole new level.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that that's actually probably one of the interesting remarks in, in the sense that now he's talking about this sort of more balanced risk. Whereas for quite some time, you know, the Bank of England has been talking about the big risk that, you know, we might have to see negative rates in in, in the UK. Now it's kind of, well, it actually could be other way. Uh, so certainly um, if you like a, a positive in in that sense
0: now oil is down a little bit today but that is because it was elevated wasn't it because of that attack by the Houthi rebels uh, on Saudi refineries yesterday but they didn't do much damage so I guess uh, that's why it's back down again although still at elevated levels of course because we're still getting over the fact that OPEC plus said that they are not going to uh, ease the production cuts Germany's industrial production numbers they were worse than expected weren't they for January but lockdown would be a lot to do with that and we get their final GDP reading along with uh, for for Europe today, and Germany gets its January trade balance as well. Uh, I guess you know the most significant news though is going to be the, the the vaccine rollout in Europe, which is going slow, but they're trying to pick it up. Yes. Um, in terms of the data releases, we don't really expect much of
1: reaction to that, and I suppose the big news overnight has been those statements coming from, from Germany that they expect to pump up and increase the rollout of vaccines significantly, and uh, I had to read it twice when they said they're actually aiming for 10 million by the, by the end of March. Um, that of course, uh, that's 10 million per week. So that, that is, of course, largely uh, assuming that uh, the vaccine uh, producers will, will, will deliver on the promises. And also that other vaccines will be accepted as part of the European um, uh, sort of uh, approval, if you like, which Johnson and Johnson is expected to be announced uh, very shortly as well. So, so that's certainly positive news, and it's probably one thing very important to to to, to highlight, particularly when you think about currencies, where the euro has been sort of underperforming, and, and part of the reasons why it has been underperforming is because of this view that Europe is very slow in terms of the vaccine rollout compared to what we've seen in the UK and the US. So. If, if the Germans are right in terms of how quickly they're going to deliver the, the vaccines, then that, that may well potentially give a boost to the euro uh, as we get head into Q2 as well.
0: Yeah, that is going some, isn't it? That's about one and a half million a day. That's uh- Yeah could do australia in a couple of weeks if, we, if you could hit that right i don't think that's going to happen look the uh, the NAB business survey today for february and uh, weekly confidence reading as well and the anz business survey is out in new zealand uh, as well today i don't know if you've got anything to say on all of those and we've got a few numbers out of japan as well the yen incidentally uh, has been losing quite a lot to the to the us dollar hasn't it the last couple of weeks
1: yes i think that the yen is the 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 Perfect example of how yield curve control works. Um, um, you know, the, the Bank of Japan has in, uh, implemented a policy for quite some time now, and as we've seen, core yields rise, and in particular, U.S. ratio yields rise. Japanese yen's have been lagging behind significantly, um, and that's proven to be the perfect recipe for for, for dollar yen to to move higher and higher and higher, and and it's been an impressive move. Uh, we were trading, you know, around the 105, 106 area, and now we're testing 109, which is is a pre. Significant move, uh, and particularly bearing in mind how other currencies have been moving um, or have been resilient, if you like, against the U.S. dollar. So um, it's it's certainly, uh, probably uh, including ourselves, is surprised uh, surprised as of how big and, and, and strong that move has been, and also brings into focus the importance of the Bank of Japan's uh, policy review, which will come now in March, and and it will also. Talk about it. And make a decision about that yield curve control target, which will be important for for the
0: currency. Right, and the and the data we get from Japan today. Well, the data we get from Japan, I
1: suppose the, the labour cash earnings is the one to watch. Um, the earnings have been declining quite significantly in Japan uh, over recent months and we expect another decline in January. Uh, and again, it's placed to the view that the Japanese economy not only is struggling because of the pandemic, but it's a, very, it's a struggle for the consumer in particular. Uh, and at this stage, it looks like that struggle is still very much uh, well entrenched. Right,
0: and we won't talk about the NAB business survey because we don't know what's in it. So we we'll have to wait and see like everybody <laughs> else. Uh, and the, the small business right. optimism the NFIB, Small Business Optimism Survey uh, is expected to be quite strong as well. Uh, we, we'll just wait and see on that as well but I mean the, 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 the signs are good and uh, you know, quite, a f- quite a few small businesses starting up apparently in the United States as well. So we expect an optimistic number out of that. We expect the optimism to be optimistic if, if that's not uh, yes. tautological.
1: Yeah and I suppose that the last thing to point out of the NFIB that the, the sub-indices are very important particularly in terms of the employment side. Um, there's a lot of, as you say, optimism in terms of the- a job and and also how hard it will be to 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 get those jobs uh, and yeah. and also there's a there's a good leading indicator in terms of inflation expectations which at this stage the NFIB is telling us that we should be ready for you know, inflation in the U.S. to spike significantly over the coming months. Right.
0: Well, OK, that's just going to add more fuel to the fire, isn't it? And the OECD publishes its Interim Economic Outlook, so stand by your beds for that one as well. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk with you, go. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Phil. Talk soon. Cheers. And that's
0: the way it is this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening.